Hello and welcome to the Earful Runner podcast, a show devoted to sharing the love of running, Disney, and the stories of people who come to race in the most magical place on earth. I'm Mary. And I'm Emily. And wow, did we have a night. It may be the understatement of the century, actually. Uh, We sat down with some fellow podcasters and Disney aficionados, Scott Storm and Aaron, and I don't know how he got this nickname, Absolute Humidity Robins, better known as the Bantha Boys from Bobsleds and Banthas. And we, in our main segment today, are going to turn it over to them and talk about all things Star Wars and if they could possibly reimagine a Star Wars race or a Star Wars event in the parks, what would that look like? Uh, but before we get to our main segment, M, uh, give us our, give our listeners a little a little preview. How did this How did this interview go? Um, have you ever tried to corral cats into one singular space? And keep them there. Kind of, kind of similar, right? That's how, that's how that went. No, it was so it was so great. We had so much fun. They're lovely guys, um, and absolutely hilarious, and super fun to talk to. And uh, we had a really good we had a really good time with them. I don't think I've laughed that hard on one of our episodes in in a while. I would, I would agree. And, uh, and like Emily said, they're just like super sweet guys. Um, and so we really wanted to connect with them and find out what it was like to start a project like we did in the middle of global uncertainty pandemic times and what it was like to host a Disneyland podcast for an entire year without Disneyland. Cause that, I mean, that definitely like is something we have in common you know, when we, and you'll hear us talk about is we weren't expecting there to be no Disney races for a year, year and a half. When we started this podcast, we were like, oh yeah, just like a couple weeks of content. And then like, you know, by wine and dine, we'll be back and running races, which obviously it's now been a year and that's not the case. And so, uh, so with that, we're going to kick it over to Aaron and Scott from Bobsleds and Banthas. And here is the interview. Tell us a little bit about uh, you, sort of your journey to Disney fandom, how you guys got involved, and sort of like what that's looked like right up until you started Bob's Sleds and Bantha's. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. Um, I, I have never worked in a Disney park, but I, you know, grew up in Northern California, uh, and my grandparents lived in Southern California. So dra- driving down I five to Southern California to visit Disneyland was a two times, three times a year thing, and, and that's really. I, I actually don't. I don't have as much interest in the Disney company. I think as Scott is much wider, wider versed in that. My my interest is pretty much Disneyland. And that's that has been a creative source for me since I was really young. Um, it is my love of Disneyland that has allowed me to expand that into other things like the movies and, um, you know, the other properties that they own. So huge Star Wars fan. That's a separate story. Uh, but my creative interest and my interest in podcasting is really specifically just Disneyland. Uh, and so um, I've done a lot of podcasts on Disneyland, three or four, and uh, Scott and I met at work and sized each other up immediately. There was just sort of like, oh, you Disneyland fan? Like, yeah, a little bit. And how much? You know, oh, I worked at the park. Yeah, you know, what'd you do? And, and then I found out what he did. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's got me beat. In but it was, a good, it was a good conversation. It, it was, was like a, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a peacocking conversation. It was like a good, healthy, like good, healthy testing. And this guy's we, we think we right. think similarly. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I, I stepped on you. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were doing a segue and I was really liking it. So that's 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 my history <laughs> up into bobsleds is is you know growing up going to disneyland like liking that getting on a, a, a podcast you know many years ago 10 12 years ago 
uh, and finding that speaking about Disney and Disneyland just it feels natural to me. It's what I'm doing all the time anyways. And mm-hmm. so if somebody else will do that with me, then that's fantastic. That's a deal. Yeah, Scott. Thanks, Aaron. Hi. Thanks for that segue. Uh, for uh, for me, I was born in Southern California, actually like a couple of miles away from Disneyland. And so my first memory, literally my first memory is of Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland. Uh, I remember there being a custodial cast member that was sweeping up with a broom. Uh, and that, like I said, that's like the, f- that as, as far as I can go back into my memory, my memory, first memory is of Disneyland. But I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in the Detroit area. And so my experience with Disney was less about the parks, even though I would go visit them every once in a while. But it was really about the Disney company as a whole. And so my exposure to Disney was through Disney films, as well as when I got old enough to to work in a mall job. The mall job I had was working at the Disney store. And uh, and so when I was in college, I had the opportunity to interview for the Disney college program. And I was uh, offered a position with the Disney college program on two separate occasions. I took it on the second occasion and they offered me a position working in attractions at the Disney MGM Studios at that time. Now it's Hollywood Studios. And I was a tour guide for the great movie ride. And during that time, they had character auditions. And so I went out and auditioned for the entertainment department. And out of 100 people that auditioned, they took three of us. And I was one of those three, which is pretty awesome. And so I then transferred over from the studios over to the Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom became my home park. And I uh, joined the entertainment department of the characters at that point and then did parade shows and sets and that sort of thing. Uh, I did that for about a year, and then I there were a second set of auditions that came out for face auditions. Uh, so there's there's general character auditions, uh, which we we call fur fur auditions. And then they had face auditions. I auditioned for face characters, and I got uh, I, I got several roles as face character. And so like that is, and then I did that off and on for about five years, and uh, and that obviously was the culmination of like so many things that I wanted to do, right? I, I remember being 15 years old and going down to uh, Walt Disney World and spending time in the Adventurers Club and interacting with the uh, with the entertainment there and just thinking like, this is what I want to do. Like, if it, I don't know who does this. I don't know how you do this, but this is what I want to do. And so when the opportunity came to work for the entertainment department, I took it and had a great time with it. Absolutely loved it. And then, you know, uh, you at some point you have to make a decision of whether or not you want to keep working for the company or you want to, you know, go be a professional. And I went and uh, became a professional uh, elsewhere, but Disney never left me. I always loved it. And, uh, and as Aaron said, like we, uh, we just started talking one day, we both had podcasting in, in our background. I, I uh, started podcasting in 2005, Aaron around the same. And uh, we just started talking about Disney and star Wars. And it was like, Hey, we should do a podcast sometime. And then we just sort of like let that hang for a little while and then probably what six eight months after after the fact yeah at least uh, Aaron just sent me an email and said like hey I got an idea why don't we just sit in front of a microphone for an hour and see what happens and we did that and that actually ended up becoming the first episode of bobsleds before it even had a title and then once it was released it was like well we got to keep doing this and so we kept doing it but I think the cool thing is that Aaron and I were work colleagues but we were not friends and we have developed a friendship over the course of the past year doing doing shows every week Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's people awesome. think we've been friends for like forever. Like, oh, you guys must have grown up together. And it's like, I met him like 13 months ago, tops. Yeah, I, I think it's just the result. I think, you know, you have some 
you have people like that in your lives that become creative partners and you know you just your souls you know for lack of a better term have been friends a lot longer than your actual physical uh-huh. bodies have been that's sweet and it's you know i mean i think that i think that you have friends where you're just like i feel like i've been a friend with him forever and like we've for grown sure. up together and i could absolutely see aaron and i having grown up together but the truth of the matter is that we grew up on you know 2500 miles away from each other yeah the 80s were the 80s though man they were transcendent they were awesome yeah well, when you have that commonality, right? When you have that common language of cinema and music and, you know, like it, it makes it, it makes a huge difference. So, so take me through like the week that you guys decided to, to launch bobsleds and banthas. Oh yeah. Good. We've never been asked that question before. No. You want to take this one? Sure, I, I mean, not in the last Yeah. Last I question. mean, I'll, I'll start. I think that, that COVID was uh, the Scott, the, the, the job that Scott does means that he needs to know a bunch more stuff than I need to know. So COVID was barely out there as a word. And I remember kind of hearing it from him and being like, oh, it sounds like we're going to get some time off or something like we should we should we should podcast. Uh, and so I think we we have a studio where we work that has, uh, you know, musical equipment, microphones in it. And I was like, well, I can just get him in that room and trick him into just like talking for a little bit. I know that he'll have a good time. And that is my style of podcasting is to just not really have a lot of show notes, just kind of see what happens. Uh, and, and Scott is more structured. So I thought if I could just get him in that room and just get him talking, uh, that I would, I would almost dare him to let me release it. And I felt like that would put me in a good spot. So uh, we went in there and went into the studio and turned the mics on, tried to come up with show names on the fly. Oh my gosh, it was so unstructured. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. I, I that first it. episode's pretty entertaining. It's so rough. It's I, I go back and I listen to it and I just go, oh my gosh, like I can't believe we released this thing. We didn't even know what we were calling ourselves at the time. Yeah, and uh, I, thought, I thought, you know, you know I, I have only podcast when Disneyland's been open. So trip reports and, and a connection to the park and, and the stuff that's ha- the events that are happening there. Uh, I never anticipated we wouldn't have any of that. And so, you know, I think at the beginning, uh, we thought COVID was not as serious as it was going to yeah. be, at least at least more short-lived. Uh, but I was not prepared to do a year of episodes with with no access to the park. That was that was fun. But that was the first week, and I went home and edited it together, and thought, I don't know, there's something entertaining here. And Scott pushes for structure, and I push for no structure. And a lot of our personalities are like that. They they complement each other in a in a weird way. Yeah, with the, our first show, we actually compared COVID to the dab. We were like, oh, it's this new virus that's sweeping the nation. And uh, and had you know no idea. I mean, we we had it's in poor taste. Now. It was <laughs> the things you learn, right? The right. things you know uh, after the fact. Uh, but I mean, at that time, you know, at that time, the world was thinking that this was going to be a two week, three week thing. So there was a lot of jokes about like, oh, Disneyland is closed, and and uh, this has never happened before. But it's okay; it'll be up and running in three weeks. You know, and if we we talked about doing the Disneyland podcast, and we became you know, more specifically a Disneyland and Star Wars podcast that was constrained with the intention of, uh, let's talk about stuff that's in Southern California because there's so many different Walt Disney World podcasts. There aren't a lot of Disneyland and there's such a rich history there. So let's talk about Disneyland. And we thought, oh, great. We'll be, we'll be in the parks by the summer and we'll be doing shows together about our trips and that sort of thing. And then it hasn't been that way. And so for us as creators, we've like, in some ways that constraint is fantastic because it's really caused us to, say, well, what are the interesting things we're going to be talking about? Since we can't rely on going into the parks and talking about trip reports and that sort of thing, let's go into Disney history. Let's talk about what that is. Let's see if we can get access to Imagineers and talking about the roots of Disneyland. And let's think creatively about, you know, the things that we want to talk about, which I I find to be, I love having the goofy, silly fun that we have on our show. 
where we're just singing, you know, dumb songs and making each other laugh. But I also really love getting into the nuts and bolts of like what makes Disney Disney. And for Aaron and I, we've really explored like what is Bob's and Bantha's. And Bob's and Bantha's, we've locked on this phrase that we continually use and we call it nostalgia therapy, right? It's it's this therapeutic experience of what does magic mean and how does ma magic actually manifest itself in our world? And how does it connect us to who we were as kids and who we are now as dads? And how does that work? And I think when we really, like when, when Bob says hits its groove, I feel like we are just having fantastic nostalgia therapy sessions, whether that's talking with Imagineer or whether it's talking about why we love these things so deeply. Good question. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, I think it's it's so interesting to look at like when I think because you guys launched about a week or two weeks before we did. And and it seemed like you had such a better bead on what you were doing. And I know that you say like, hey, we were kind of we were goofing around. And we were having a good time. But like we had such a sharp focus on we're run Disney. Like we're talking yeah, about the communities yeah. associated yeah, with yeah. run Disney, never, uh, never figuring like, Oh my gosh, it's very likely that we'll go a year and a half without any of these. Right, yeah, right? Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit about what the sort of like the biggest challenge has been as content creators over the course of the last year? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, that there's a, there's personal challenges that we, we have, and then there's challenges for the show. Uh, I think when I started podcasting, even when Scott did in 2004, 2005, uh, it, it was not super hard to get to the top of the Disney uh, sort of new and noteworthy to get in those search terms. Uh, the podcast I was on three podcasts ago, we were in that number two spot forever. And you sort of take that for granted, how rare that actually is and how hard that actually is. Uh, the, in 2020, the landscape has changed, the attention for people on social media and all that stuff. And that's just not, I am a, a marketing director, but uh, I have people that, that worry about social media. I don't have to worry about that. And it's just changed a lot. And Scott has done an amazing job of getting up to speed and learning about that. I don't have a tolerance for that kind of stuff. So he's done an amazing job, but we've, we had to relearn yeah. everything that we learned in 2004. We had to relearn it for this new economy. And that's been tough. Uh, editing the show. There are some people that just record a show and just release it. Um, sometimes it sounds like Bob Sleds is that way, but I mean, it takes, it takes two and a half, three hours to edit every episode. Cause I do, regardless of what it sounds like, I listen to every word. I do listen to it at 50% faster than <laughs> it was said, but, but I do listen to every word. Um, so there's just, you know, we, we have families now that are older than when we started and we have, uh, both Scott and I sit in, uh, you know, managerial positions at the jobs we're in. So we have teams that report to us and stuff. So it's time it's editing and it's just trying to, at 45 year old, for 45 years old, figure out how a children's podcast that we do as adults makes yeah. sense to the world uh, and how we how we we do that through social. Like, I don't know. I ask my kids all the time, like, are we posting too much on the Instagram? What do you think? Well, what are we doing? literally did not use Instagram until we started Bobsleds. Yeah. It was the first time I had ever used Instagram. And I'm and I'm like, well, I'm not the I'm not the marketing guy. I don't know what I'm doing. Why aren't you doing this? And Aaron's like, because I'm editing a show right now. Like, this is what you have to do. So, you know, it's we, we've sort of found our groove. I don't we never again, uh, a lot of this is sort of serendipity. We never intentionally said this is the way the show is going to go. But we found our grooves where I do all the pre-production and all the arranging of guests and uh, organizing what our news topics are going to be and the beats of the show. And then Aaron does all of our post-production. And then we sort of communally do marketing. I, I take, you know, point on Instagram and Twitter and that sort of thing. But then Aaron contributes as well. And again, we never talked about that. We just sort of found our way into it. 
I think to answer your question, Mary, like one of the biggest challenges over the past year, I think it's just been endurance. And I think anybody who does a weekly show, that's the challenge, right? I mean, like if you are, if you are in a, a certain age bracket where you have a certain level of profession or whatever it is, you and or you have families or you have a spouse, like you have constraints on you that pull you away from doing a show every single week. And then you have to just have that mentality of like, well, this is, this is, you may not consider it a job. You may consider it a hobby, but you have to at least mentally think of it like a job and commit to it like a job. And so then it becomes, you know, a part-time 20 hour, 30 hour a week job, whatever that ends up being. And then just saying, okay, I'm going to deliver again. And I think doing that week to week is both a challenge, but it's also super rewarding to hit that because I, I know for me, I love listening to our show every week. And because Aaron does the post on it, I don't know what it's going to sound like. So Saturday mornings, like I load up the show and I sit and listen to it with my kids and I'm enjoying it as a fan, as a listener, because I don't know what it's going to end up sounding like. Uh, And then it gets me jazzed to do the next one. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do next? Uh, But, you know, coming up on a year, I'm thinking like, wow, this has been great. We did a year. Yeah. And then you think, oh man, there's no stopping. Like we're not, we're we're going to keep doing another year. It's like the bummer is I've never listened to a bobsleds episode as a fan. I make all of them. I hear every episode three times. So I've I've never, ever gotten to actually listen to it. I don't know what it sounds like. That's not, that's a new dude. That's not me. (laughs) Oh no, you definitely have. And you're like, I don't want you to do it. Yeah, I'm a control freak in that area. But that's why when we get invited on other people's shows, I'm like, yes, please. Like I get to sit down (laughs) and talk and somebody else has to deal with editing. Like that sounds fantastic. Did I cut your answer off? No, you did a great job. But now you've, you know, thrown the gauntlet, the editing gauntlet. No, no, you've just you've you've uh, focused on the fact that we finished the question. Oh yeah, the question's over. Uh, the answer's <laughs> over. The answer's <laughs> over. Next question. Yeah, exactly. So, um, M, do you have like I, I now that I have just motored through so many questions, like in our in our pre-show notes, what what's top of mind for you, M, for for Aaron and Scott? Oh, what? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, the nostalgia thing, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I came from a Disney family, too. Um, you know, my grandparents took my mom and my aunt when they were little to Florida. And my dad grew up, you know, at a house with a view of the Matterhorn. And so oh, yeah. there is yeah. that, you know, it doesn't have a view of the Matterhorn anymore because, you know, development. Of course. And yeah. All that. But, you know, at some point it did, which yeah, is yeah. nice. So, yeah, that nostalgia, I love that. And when we get in chats like that, too, like that starts to you know those are our longest episodes when we can yeah. kind of mm-hmm. gush and stuff like that it's my questions for you you know getting into the meat of what we do over here y'all are y'all are parks fans and star yeah. wars fans so mm-hmm. if you create anything star wars we're talking about star wars a lot this month because this would have been Yay. virtual this would have been star wars weekend run disney yeah weekend. right yeah mm-hmm. yeah um coming up so you could create anything in the parks i don't care what it is it could be a race it can be an after hours event but it's gotta be star wars themed what are you doing uh i i let's see i can answer part but i think we're gonna have to go back and forth okay because we're both sort of thinking off the top of our heads yeah totally i will say that one of the things that i i i've never run a star wars race and i have always wanted to run a star wars race so i think ever since the first one which I think was called like what was the first Star Wars race? Was it called the Rebel Run, or the, the Rival Run? The Rival Run is is the like was the initial one that they that they had. Yeah, so and the I, Rebel Run light was always yeah, light and dark side. That's what it was. So when they announced the Disneyland was the light side. 
That's what it was. So when Disneyland announced their light side race, I absolutely wanted to do it. I thought it'd be so much fun. And I've always wanted to do a, uh, a Disney marathon, but I, I haven't done it. I just haven't done it. And um, in part because like the people that I was going to run with, I ended up like, it didn't work out. And, and then Disneyland stopped doing their runs. If I recall correctly, uh, that the, the focus was mostly on Disney world. And quite frankly, like I applaud that because when I took a look at the routes for Disneyland, I'm like, why would I want to run down Anaheim? Like, I don't know. Why would I do that? Like when I could run over at Di- Walt Disney World and never leave property. The idea of a Disney marathon is phenomenal to me that you get to go both on stage and backstage and, you know, down down the streets and, and all the and be able to run through all four parks. Like all those things sound so magical to me, whereas running through Disneyland and DCA and then ending up in Angel Stadium. Just it never really wasn't that interesting to me. Uh, But and having said that, like one of the things I always wanted to do was I'm like, if I'm going to run a Star Wars race, I am going to build a speeder bike out of PVC pipe and cardboard. And that's going to be my harness. And I'm going to dress up as either a scout trooper or yeah. as a you know rebel alliance like a horse guy like like a horse like yeah, a horse like, costume but indorian speeder bike yeah exactly yeah. i'm just gonna wear it as like uh like uh suspenders <laughs> and then <laughs> things just gonna <laughs> bounce as i makes, run yeah. and uh, and i always wanted to do that so i always wanted to have a running partner that would one would dress as a rebel and the other one would dress as a stormtrooper and we would run just with full-on speeder bikes indorian speeder bikes uh hooked up to us uh so that's where i'm starting is i don't know what the run looks like but that's what the costume looks like wow I like it. It's a good costume is like, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about costumes. We had our costumes planned out for a race that didn't happen. So now they're, you know, back burner costumes, but there were, there were flags and large pretzel costumes involved. So this is a good, this is a good starting thing. Yes. We get to develop anything in the park. It doesn't have to be run related right now, right? We're going to do another. We're going to do a run segment. No, it's run related right now. You got to do a run related. Is that thing. true that it's run related right now, or did Scott impose rules? No, on I'm it? imposing because I just gave a run related answer. You're going to give a run related answer. All right. Well, if I had to do any run in the park, <laughs> if I had to do any Star Wars related run in the park, uh, mine would be a Hoth run, and it's three parts. Clearly, the first part is you're running above the trenches, and then you drop into the trenches for a maze-like sort of experience where there's some wayfinding and pathfinding. Uh, and then you hop out of the trenches and there's some CrossFit ropes you have to pick up. And so you pick up the rope and then you have to run around an AT-AT and tie its legs up. And then to actually finish the rape, there's a rope climb up into the belly of yes. an AT-AT. And then yes. you, you fin- that's where everybody finishes. And then there's like Inside a, the belly of an AT-AT? Yeah, yeah. And I love this. There's, there's like a slide that goes down. So it's the hop run. <gasps> yes. <laughs> out of its backside, there's yes. like a, a slide. And it's like, oh, my gosh, is the AT-AT going to the bathroom? It's like, no, those are runners. And it's like, oh, okay. It's awesome. But it's, this, it's, is like, this is kind of feasible. Ray, can totally. you could like that was my first thought. Right? Is that, of course, it's completely on. doable. Hold on, just <laughs> a full size ad at a ropes course. It's totally yeah, yeah. Yes. With a, a, a curly slide coming out the back. Talk to me, Emily. How is it feasible? You, you haven't been on you haven't been on Rise of the Resistance yet, Mary. This is absolutely yeah. feasible. I see like a ropes drop out of the elevator. I see like a climbing of the ADAP in Rise and like a slide. Down. I mean, like the engineers are going to have to do some work, but like, sure. I, I see this, like maybe it's like an inflatable slide, you know, like on the plane where sure. like in case of emergency, slide rolls uh, but, out and like, 
Well, that's what you uh, know. That's what every actual real ad ad has is one of the inflatable emergency slides. In case there's a problem, in case there's a problem, yeah. then the big yellow slide lights out. Right? <laughs> Can we blow up the slide? Yeah, and all the stormtroopers just jump out. Feet first. Those, uh, those costumes are so slippery. The stormtrooper armor. Yeah, they just yeah, they get they, like max one speed. after another. They're they have a warning label on the inside that's like no sliding. Yeah. You're gonna slide, slide back first. You don't want to go right face first. I don't know if you a snow a snow trooper could definitely go face Super first. Super slippery. Yeah, you're like, right. Think of how aerodynamic that head and that head is going down the the slide. That'd be great. So that's the Hoth. It's a one k, but it's a lot of endurance, you know, because it's 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 planes to trench to ropes to climbing See, to sliding. This is a thing that I think Run Disney needs to consider because they have not considered merging a scavenger hunt with a run event and. Yeah. There are some people who are like, they're intimidated by running. They're like, I don't know, can I really do that much? And and I know the run Disney community is like amazingly affirming and like, they're like, yeah, come on, you can do this. But what if? Tell what, me, what, what if what? What if instead? Let's dream together. Where, this, is, this is a blue sky moment right now. What okay. if instead of like, you can go on your rides or you can, you know, take photos with your, you know, with your characters as you're running. But what if it was a four park scavenger hunt yeah. where you're just running from one place? It's almost like the amazing race. It's the amazing race, but in Walt Disney World. Yeah. Sign me up. I yeah. want to do that. I don't know. Here's what I'm thinking. I like your idea, but I reject it out of oh, hand. And, okay. And here's why. You guys are familiar with like uh, like Tough Mudder and and those kind of the like. Spartan race. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I feel like, I feel like it's more feasible to have to have them run and do some sort of Disney themed event, like help Mr. Incredible lift a car. And, and so, so you're saying a tough mutter themed Disney run event. Totally. Yeah. But not dirt, not like getting muddy, but helping, helping Disney heroes, princesses, Star Wars people do activities at certain events that do require teamwork. Why is this better than my scavenger hunt idea? Because the scavenger hunt, I don't know, people like cheat and it gets weird and like, it's hard to find stuff. And so you little... would rather have people so twisting their ACLs. Is that what it is? Yeah. Let's go to okay. Emily. What's better an idea? A star scavenger hunt or a tough mutter for Star Wars? Mary, do we burst their bubble and tell them that oh, it already no. happened? No, what, which both, one? Wait, both which of one? happened? Yeah, so okay, whichever one yeah. happened was the better idea. <laughs> no, it was a com it was a combo deal. Both. Yeah. Oh, they both it happened. Was a, so, so for it was called the Expedition Everest Challenge. It happened okay. in Animal Kingdom prior to like the Pandora construction. They stopped doing okay. it when they started building awesome. things. And you got clues and you had to run. It was a 5K. You had to run around animal kingdom and follow the clues and along the way there were things like a net climb yes oh, this is like fantastic I, I feel like since we've never heard about it this didn't go well no, no, no. it was called they called the absolute storm run that's what they called it yeah yeah because we thought of it <laughs> did it go well did was this received well by the running community yeah. or what? people loved it and the people that have done it really miss it and it was you know it was something kind of like the disneyland races where they stopped doing it because there was construction in the way yeah, and, you know, I just feel like the parks are too constrained for my vision. I think they need to do it at a ski resort, a Disney owns. I need, it feels like it needs to be, you know, bigger and outdoors and not constrained within the theme park. If I were going to do this again, I'd want to put it at a, at a location, not in the theme park. Why? Because I, I don't know. I just feel like it's, you're mixing modes. Then I'm mixing my magic with my workout, with my strategy, with my thinking, and I just I want a tough mutter event yeah, for so Star Wars. You, so what you're just saying is that yeah. you reject Disney run events just now. Because you don't want to mix activity I with, have, with Disney. I mean, we're not getting into that, but I do have some questions about that. My sister runs all this stuff. Like, my sister's very run Disney. Like, she's got a whole room dedicated to, like, whatever you get when you go there. Uh, when she wraps herself, she, you know, before, because when you run, you pull out of stuff. She, I mean, she looks like a mummy. She's got all that ACL <laughs> tape or whatever everywhere. It's like, 
she, I'm like, are you bounding? Because you're on. <laughs> no, this is just my rap tape. I'm like, because it, it's, it's a haunted mansion. It's a haunted mansion. It's it's excessive. Uh, so I don't know. She does, that. and I always ask her about that. Like, does that ruin the magic being in the park in a very different context? Um, she says it doesn't at all. I don't. Think I think we have two people that we. I mean, I think the most terrifying part of running in the Disneyland race was that little section in Anaheim along the like, what, like river and is no longer a river, but the like sidewalks about this this wide. And oh yeah. Like, wow, yeah. Me and I'll die. Huh. You know. But other than uh, that, yeah, I, you know, other than that, I thought it was. I thought Disney running through Disneyland was absolutely magical. Did you find it better than running through uh, Disney World? Different. Different. Um, There's like a little thing that goes under the road, right? That connects the park. There's like a little under under causeway that goes mm-hmm. underneath the something. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was fun that they got Anaheim involved. That there was community. There was like a sense of community um, yeah. that Disney World doesn't have, because especially like in the half and the full marathons in Disney world is a lot of highway time. And there's a lot of like lonely highway time where there's like, right, right. and then you're like, just somebody talk to me. And yeah. like, which, but with Anaheim, you know, there were vintage cars and like community groups dancing and singing and doing all of this stuff. But and I thought that, that was a really different experience than the lonely highways of, disney world <laughs> does it I, I was gonna say does it feel like disney magic when you have anaheim residents coming out and doing those types of things or is it just more of like a orange county anaheim run that happens to go through disneyland does it i guess the question i would have is does it feel more representative of anaheim and orange county or does it feel more like a disney run <laughs> it's funny because it feels like kind of a half and half because it's literally yeah. the way the course set up was oh, yeah. where, like, the first 10k was in disneyland and then the back 10k was in anaheim and so it literally hmm. just felt like a shift you'd like you ran through disney and yeah. you did all the disney stuff and now it's like you're gonna run through anaheim and do all the anaheim stuff and then eventually find yourself like back next to the disneyland hotel <laughs> did you run back to the disneyland hotel yeah that was where the finish line was, was outside of the outside of the disneyland hotel okay right on well those so, are our runs apparently we went with those first we went with our star wars themed runs which i just focus on the costume yeah, no, I know yours was very costume heavy. Mine was mine was very feasible. <laughs> Got a feasibility yeah, it, score from from Emily. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna I say like if it. you're gonna bring it to Alaska, because it has to be Hoth, right? Like it needs to right, you yeah, need yeah, tons right. of snow for that ad at. Yeah, there's some buy-in there. You got to get a plane ticket, and you got to. Well, and the benefit there is that it keeps your temperature down while you're running, as opposed totally. to like running in Orlando. You run with those like goofy snowshoes that you can get like, oh, I like that <laughs> whatever crampons like, for. Like the old, no, no, no like old snowshoes, oh, like yeah. old, like the tennis rackets. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's like uh, somebody you know, cosplay did you like say goofy crampon? crampons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did I say that because it's the correct term? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> so <laughs> it is the correct term. Don't look at me like that, Scott Storm. It's the correct term. A crampon. It's a. It's a... Stop saying it. Oh, why? It's not a bad word. <laughs> it just sounds. It doesn't sound wrong with right. it. It just doesn't sound right. Is all I'm all saying. Right, fine. Next question. <laughs> oh, so I guess if you could meet any. Star Wars character at either mm. of your race experiences, who would you pick? The real character or somebody playing it as a, you know, in a, in a Disney-esque dress-up fashion? Yeah, uh, further clarification. Oh, yeah, please. The, the actor or actress, the character, or somebody pretending to be the character? Yeah, please. That's not the original Clarifying. actor or actress. The, the DH CGI Luke Skywalker. 
<laughs> yeah. No, this, this is gonna be, this, that's going to be like our pirates budget, like with like with thousands of dollars for pyro. Uh, somebody playing the character. Okay. 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 Just somebody playing the character. Who do you want to meet? And it, it does not have to be a face character. If it is an astromech, that is also okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that would be acceptable. Except for Jar Jar Banks. That's just out. Don't even say yeah, it. You can, nobody, nobody's allowed to char- choose that. No one's allowed to choose Fine. that. Boss and us. Actually, you know what? You bring up a really good point Thank there, you. Aaron. Uh, not about Boss Nass, necessarily, but uh, a job of the hut meet and greet would be really fun yeah i think like that'd be awesome selfies uh if you wanted to go inappropriate you could do the whole like metal collar thing yeah. chain to the job of the hut if you want to if, maybe if steal one of his to. frogs mm-hmm. on the way by like you know like maybe yeah maybe there are frogs maybe that's like a treat that you can have um <laughs> i just think i think interacting with java would be i think that'd be really fun like have a whether it's audio animatronic or whether it is a puppet, uh, a puppet performer, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I, I, yes, I'm going to go job of the hut. I, that that's that's my character. Yeah, that's good. That's also, a good pick. Also feels like a perfect juxtaposition for a Disney run because yeah. he's not doing a marathon. It's like a before and after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's encouraging you because there's no way he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's my pick. I just don't feel like frogs are that high in calories. When you just, I mean, you frog know legs, man. <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe it's they're like fatty. Protein. I, yeah, that's what I thought. He's just not burning a lot of that off. Uh, our, <laughs> our fans would be very disappointed if I didn't say uh, Padme Amidala. Yeah. So, you know. That's Aaron's go-to answer for literally top, every Star Wars character. Just any question. Yeah. <laughs> top of the list there. Uh, but no, honestly, I think I'd like to meet uh, Grand Marf Tar- Tarkin. Uh, okay. I feel like if I, could, if I could deal with him in a costume, that would help me with a lot of other, like, parent issues I have and dad issues I have where I'd just be like, you're not so scary. I was going to say, is he a stand-in for your dad? Is yeah, that what you're saying? That's me doing therapy in the parks. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you, dad. I mean, I'm off Very talking. disappointed with your performance. I'm like, I'm fine with it. <laughs> you know, not everybody has to do what you think they should do. Yeah. So I don't know. And I don't think that there's enough uh, Imperial representation in, in the parks. They tend to go with hero characters. They tend to go with yeah. recognizable rebel and hero characters. I say get, get you know, Kylo kind of is, Darth Vader has always bridged that sure. gap. Right. Kylo mm-hmm. has bridged that gap. But we need more, you know, we need more Imperial guards. Uh, do they have those in Walt Disney World? They have people that dress up as Imperial guards. That's what mm-hmm. I'd like to see. Oh, like a Royal Guards? Yeah, like no, a Royal Guards. Well, so during Star Wars weekends they did, but they don't they don't do that regularly now. Yeah. Now it's Star now it's Star Wars is a is a permanent part of the park. They don't do Imperial Guards, but that would be really cool. Oh, yeah, that'd, Imperial be, Guards. that'd be great. Great like question. Yeah. Yeah, right. The storm stormtroopers, yeah. 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 I ran over a stormtrooper with my droid. And what well, how did he react to that? Yeah, on purpose. It was an accident. I was still learning how to drive the droid. And was I that ran the last over mistake it. you'll ever make? Yep. <laughs> it was Wait, was this a full-size astromech, or did you have, you have one of the ones you built? It was little... three tons. One of, the, like, one of the ones you built looks like a little yeah. R2, and I just, like, I was still figuring out how the controls work, and I was, like, driving it around Hollywood mm. Studios, and I legit just, like, ran over the foot of a stormtrooper, and he, like, jumped back and, like, was very confused as to what Did he was keep in character, on. though? Yeah. Yeah, I have a nice. video. Okay. That's good. That's good, then. I approve. I approve of this story. 
he yeah. kept in character because he's a stormtrooper, Aaron. <laughs> right. Well, character, I meant like the, the assignment he'd been given. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you say character, you meant his job duties. Right. They yeah, call, sometimes they call that on the Death Star. I get yeah. yeah. His character. You sign up at the beginning of the day. They're like, you're playing shoots a lot today. Aaron like, often <laughs> likes to actively break the magic during our show. And I have to course correct them at all times. <laughs> he really does. It took me three or four episodes to learn that they're, they're, those that's just Jesse. Yeah, that's Jesse. Those are the characters. <laughs> yeah i've learned my kids have learned yeah good <laughs> not learned because there was nothing to learn accepted was a better word we've accepted the truth which is that disney the wages that disney plays to character actors is zero because there aren't any they're helpers <laughs> right, they're they helpers help. of the characters clearly they're friends with those characters they're friends with those yeah. characters it's it's not yeah, like santa not claus at all but sort of similar yeah. Now I'm going to go through all my photo albums and see if, if Scott is friends with any of the people in my photos. There oh, is a you possibility. should. You totally should. There is, there oh, is we a possibility. Should a we should put a bounty on those photos. I, I will say one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. I think I may have told this on our show. Or maybe I haven't. One of the weirdest experiences I ever had was I was looking at the last parade I ever did was the 100 Years of Disney Parade. Uh, and so I was looking up photos of the 100 Years of Disney Parade to sort of like remember and there was a parade float that was the Aladdin parade float. And I took a look at the picture of Aladdin and I was like, man, I feel like I know that Aladdin. Of course, I know that Aladdin because it's Aladdin, right? But I'm like, I feel like that Aladdin looks like someone. And I called my wife over and I was like, doesn't that Aladdin remind you of someone? And she looked at it and she goes, yeah, that's you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That is so weird. Spit an image when you look at him. So, that's all I see like, is Aladdin. That is bizarre. It was, a, it was a very, very out of body experience. Very bizarre. But it was like, huh. So yeah, there's a good chance. There's a good chance, Emily. Yeah, maybe you want to see those photos. pictures, Emily. There's a bounty on those. I'm gonna do some digging, yeah. Please. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So so before we get to, I have I think I have a really solid closing question for both of y'all. But Emily loves to do our fast fives, right? So you can rapid Ooh. fire. Yeah. You can't think about it. You can't. And you, there's no take backs. If you say something silly, that's what you said, right? Like that's oh, just I like your I like your rules. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. One more time. All right. I, I said no takesies backsies. This is yep. this is the the past five. First thing do we go do we go at the same time or does somebody because then I would know the questions you were going to ask. I would somebody would have an advantage if we don't answer the same question. No, one, right? Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll answer, but we're not going to answer at the same time. Let's try to though. No, it's going to mess with their audio. Oh, it'll be fun. All right, <laughs> we're ready when you are. We have it worked out on our end. Okay, I'm okay, like, go okay. for it. All right, favorite show. Oh, these are all park questions, by the way. Favorite, favorite show. show, favorite park show. Yes. Okay, go. Uh, what do we? What do we? Mean? Favorite show that you can watch in a park? Yeah, your favorite park show. No, oh, I live in on the West Coast. We don't have the Aladdin that was at DCA years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, the Aladdin show. Yeah. Gotcha. Fantastic. Easy. Hands down. Do you? Are you playing now? Do you understand the rules? No, but let's take another question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Favorite parks parade. Uh, Aaron hates parades. So have you I, ever heard of that parade before? Aaron hates parades. It's pretty fun. It's a bunch of floats that are stripped down with just me on it, being like, "No more! <laughs> You're clogging everything up." My favorite parade is the one that Mary Poppins was in. What's the name of that one? Color, color magic, color harmonic. Where Mary Poppins? <laughs> Did you the... say color harmonic? Yeah, I said crampon. <laughs> Do you know the one where Mary Poppins is at the end of it, where she's riding on the horse with, with you know? Uh oh yes I know it's a Disneyland one yeah yeah it's a Disneyland one uh, which that's one is my it? favorite parade is it 
It's not Paint the Night because that was a nighttime parade. It is Paint the Night is my favorite parade. Scott Storm, go. I've oh man, Spectro Magic probably is my favorite parade, followed by Remember the Magic, just because that was my parade. Gotcha. And Spectro Magic is so much better than Electrical Light Parade. I know everybody loves Electrical Light Parade because of nostalgia purposes, but hands down, Spectro Magic is better. Okay, but you don't want to leave the park and, and sing da 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 for the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> that, that song is... Should be implanted in everybody's head. It is implanted in my head. Yeah. It never leaves me. Yeah. It never leaves me. Next, um, these are the fast five. Favorite attraction. Matterhorn. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. It's your favorite attraction? Yeah. Didn't say it was the most fun. Didn't say it was the one I enjoy most, but it is my favorite attraction. God, you know, I'm always stuck when it's this one because the, the two are so close to each other. It's not even funny. You're gunned to my head. I've got to pick one. I think I'm going to say Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Temple of Forbidden Eye. Solid. You don't Solid get job. that in Florida either, and it is a darn shame. It is like, it is such a thing that WDW fans should mourn the fact that they do not get Indiana Jones and instead get dinosaur. They yeah. get dinosaur instead of Indiana Jones. That's all I do it's sometimes. It's such a crime. I write Indiana, Matterhorn, uh, Mr. Toads, and I just do that again. I call that the, what's up, Florida? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> I love that. Mary hasn't the, been to Disneyland, so... so uh, this year, because of COVID? That we, had, we, we all have had that problem. Mary, it's... That's- I can't even express how amazing Indiana Jones is. Like Temple of the Forbidden Eye is exquisite. It's exquisite. The queue is life changing. The queue alone is incredible. And again, when you compare that to, you know, it is the exact same ride layout as Countdown to Extinction slash Dinosaur. And like, just Dinosaur doesn't hold a candle to how amazing that ride is. You've really never been to Disneyland? I have not. No. When are we correcting this? Yeah, when are we going to correct that? Uh, August. Uh, I'll take Emily for her birthday. Oh, fantastic. You guys are going to both be down there in uh, August? Yes, that's the plan. I mean, you think you think you are going to be down there. Wait, I, I, my, I, I have my travel agent working on it. We are hopeful. Like, really? I, you paid somebody uh, on the inside? That's what I got to do. I got to get somebody whose job it is to watch tickets and make decisions. Yep, that's, that's smart. That's exactly what we're doing. Possibly, possibly procure us a fake ID. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> you just got to get that California ID. Yep. <laughs> just take out uh, a cell phone um, bill. At a P.O. box. Yeah. It's yeah. easy in California. You don't have to, I mean, just say I'm, I'm, I'm an actress. I'm living on the streets. Yeah, I'm an go. actress. <laughs> we're, well, very, them- we're very flexible on what housing means, so. That's fair. Just say so you got that's a tent fair. right outside Disneyland. You're okay. Yeah, you're All right, right. I'm sorry. That's, yeah. a, that's a anti-California statement I just made. Sorry, you cut that out. I was joking. Yeah, you cut that out. It'll be all right. <laughs> it's okay. We can edit that. This is an allegory for I think we got one more in the Fast Five. Two more? Two more. Two more. Is this your All slowest right. fast five <laughs> yeah, ever? I was going to say, how, how long is your fast five normally? These guys really like I'm to talk. Gonna, I actually, I'm going to play these back a little faster so we'll get through them really yeah, quick. Yeah, I would imagine you would. Yeah. yeah. Great. We are, Give a character. Mickey. Goofy. Yeah. Mickey. Solid. I mean, Solid. Yeah. Goofy by a wide margin. How do you not love Mickey. I just I everything like about it goofy, is great. Those goofy shorts were everything I hoped they, yeah. they could have ever been. Yeah. Emily stalled. Oh. Yep. There she is. Ah. Emily, come on back. I'm coming. I'm trying. Okay. I'm okay. here. I'm here. What I miss? 
Nothing. Uh, well, just we just we gave our questions. answers. Just us, just us hoping you, hoping you back into existence. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Last one. Favorite favorite Disney snack. Yeah. Oh man, you sort of have to say Dole Whip, right? I mean, like that's what no, everyone's expecting me. you to say, but I just churro. Churro for you? Hands down. I mean, if you're talking about how many, if they're just like, hey, you're going to die today. Do you want to die by food? And I'm like, yep. Churros. <laughs> One after the other until it stops. See, I feel I could say the exact same thing, except it's Mickey pretzel for me. Are you serious? Yeah, I love Mickey pretzels. You would do death by Miss Mickey pretzel. Yeah. I'm, if you had to. I mean, you're going out anyways at the end of the day. You die by pretzels? Yeah, they're so good. Mickey oh, pretzels are so good. Are just they're warm and a little bit doughy on the inside, crusty no, on the outside. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. love churros. Okay, good. I love churros, but I just, just think, wouldn't want to be killed by one. <laughs> I don't think I want to die okay. uh, eating one. I think oh. I'd probably just rather die by having, I mean, I guess in either event, you're basically having just dough expand in your stomach <laughs> you are, yeah, <laughs> to a fatal extent. Goes, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. That was the fast five, not my segment, but I'm going to exit us from it like it was. <laughs> it's all good, guys. It's all good. So, right. so the big question is, you're back at Disneyland for the first time since the, the gates closed. What's the yeah, first yeah. thing you're doing? I mean, I think, I think you mean the question, I mean, what's the first attraction or experience that we're looking to have? I think uh, Disneyland is such an important part of my creative and, and sort of thinking life that, I mean, I, th I think the, the first, the first thing you're doing is, is uh, standing there in the, you know, below the apartment and just kind of trying to take in what's happening and how it feels. So walking down Main Street is always the first thing you do, trying to get that experience the first time. What What is the first attraction we're headed to? I mean, this this is such a COVID play. I have no, I have no idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the park speak to me when that happens. Oh, wow. but, but I think the first time, one of the, well, you have two rituals when you're at the park. One of them is to go, go see Walt's lamp uh, in the firehouse. That's one thing. Is we just walk by, and make my kids show respect, or they don't get to ride rides uh, that day. Just joking. I mean, we do always walk by it. Or I go to the the stairs at the train at the train station where Walt st stood and, and gave the dedication. I've studied that film footage enough to try to figure out exactly where he's standing and just like take a moment to look down Main Street and take it, take it all in that we're really, we really are back. Uh, and so I think that will be the first thing we do. The first attraction, Disneyland's going to have to speak to me. Really? Um, yeah. No, I, I don't have a plan for that. Wow. I do. Really? Casey yeah. Jr.'s? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Casey Jr. And then just rope drop Casey Jr. all day. Yeah, that one, one, of the, one of the indoor carts that have the bars on it. That's just, right. Yeah. That's right, where I can just feel incredibly nobody wants. Yeah. Uh, and that if that goes off the rails at some point, there's no hope for you. You're, you're going in the drink. Is this the line for Casey Jr.'s? No, it's the line for Casey Jr.'s caboose. Fantastic. There is no line for Casey's Jr., right. just the caboose. Uh, my answer is, uh, my, my inclination, my desire would be to just run as fast as humanly possible to Rise of the Resistance. That's my desire. Yeah. Uh, but but I also have a ritual, and that our ritual is whenever our family goes to a Disney park, the first thing we go on is the carousel. So you go. Is that really yeah. true? I didn't know that about you. Yep, yep. You go under, you go through the castle wow. into the carousel. It's what the first an interesting ride. first ride. It's just wonderful, you know? I mean, yeah. it's just like, I feel like it's it's the simplest attraction it has fantastic history behind it. And yeah. it really just, again, the carousel was the inspiration for Disneyland as a whole, right? The carousel at Griffith Observatory yep. was the inspiration for Disneyland. And so that's sort of like both paying respects to the yeah, like history it. of Disneyland, no, but also... Answer. I just didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then as soon as that, I'm stepping on anybody in my way to get to Rise, Rise of the Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Uh, are we still on the fast five, or was this a, was that a bonus question? No, I think that it was, was, uh, that, was, was that was our that was our button. That was the uh, that was the oh. bonus question. So right on. 
So where can our listeners find out more about bobsleds and banthas, more about Scott Storm and Aaron Robbins? What are we, where are we pointing them on social? You want to do this one? Uh, yeah, you can find out more about bobsleds and banthas. The first place you should start is by looking us up in the Apple podcast app. You just search bobsleds and banthas and you'll see just 52 episodes of, of Imagineering, of uh, Marvel stuff, Star Wars stuff. We, we, silly songs. Silly songs. We cover cover the gamut of stuff uh, on there. Uh, then Instagram's where I would go next. I would head over to at bobsleds and banthas. Lots of fun going on over there. Uh, and then you can check us out on Twitter, bobsleds and banthas. You no, bobsleds banthas. Bobsleds banthas. You can't put the end in there because it would be too many characters. Yeah. Uh, websites, bobsleds and banthas. But uh, yeah, I would just listen to the show. You can find me uh, at Aaron Robbins, just the way it should be spelled with two A's and two R's and a couple of B's. Uh, or you can find <laughs> Scott at, at Hey Scott Storm. On Everywhere, Instagram, Instagram well. and, and Twitter, but you don't need to go to Twitter for that. You can just go to Instagram at Hey Scott Storm. Fantastic. You guys, thank you so much for super fun. Super fun. So dear listeners, we really hope you enjoyed uh, this special edition of our podcast with the Bantha boys, Scott and Aaron. Uh, If you dug our episode or you dig our show in general, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes fresh episodes every two weeks. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It actually helps us get found by listeners just like you. you. And if you're looking for some fresh gear for spring, be sure to check out our Earful Runner store on TeePublic. We have some cool new designs to share, including a Bob the Bantha shirt and the Bantha boys uh, from Scott and Aaron. Yeah, and all of the money from Tea Public is going towards buying a Maria furry Chewbacca backpack. So, you know, we should definitely... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Definitely get on the Mary Chewbacca furry Chewbacca backpack fund. That's that's what that is. Well, thank you, Ab. Yeah, he doesn't have any idea one day all of the PayPal money is just going to disappear, and the Chewbacca backpack is going to appear at her front door, and she's going to be like, "What the hell did you do?" I will be so excited, and and just the look on my like my significant other's face when I unwrap like a fuzzy Chewbacca backpack to go with my Chewbacca ears to go with my Chewbacca shirt for my first park day on May the fourth. That will Woo! that will be worth it. Yes, we digress. Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you. Uh, you can find us online at earforerunner.com or at earforerunner on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks. See you real soon.